Hey there, lifestyle, clothing optional thrill seekers. Ed and Phoebe here, and we've got a spicy announcement. Brace yourselves for Libertine Events 2024, the ultimate takeover experience, and it's gonna be wild. Find your tribe with Libertine Events, where you have access to private group chats, host-run seminars, and event surprises around every corner. Dive into the sultry world of Miami Vices this May, but hurry quick. It's already 70% sold out. You don't want to miss this opportunity to hang out with hosts like We've Got a Thing, Casual Swingers, Hump Day Quickies, and Expansive Connection, along with the driving force behind the whole event, Wanderlust Swingers. Save the dates in October because Libertine Events is bringing the heat to San Antonio with Senses 2024. We'll be there, as well as Average Swingers, Mr. and Mrs. Jones, Casual Swingers, Expansive Connection, DJ Life of Spice, and of course, Wanderlust Swingers. Be sure to use promo code SWINGERU, S-W-I-N-G-E-R-U, when you purchase your tickets to spice up your experience and support Swinger University. Once again, that's promo code SWINGERU. S-W-I-N-G-E-R-U at checkout. Get your tickets by clicking on the link in the show notes or visiting swingeruniversity.com slash libertine. Hi, everyone. This is Phoebe. And this is Ed. Today at Swinger University, we are going to talk about pros and cons of swinging. And because we're positive thinkers, we're going to start with the pros first. Welcome to Swinger University with Ed and Phoebe. Pros to swinging. Well, there's lots we can talk about, but we're going to go through this in order and not get to the really exciting stuff first. We're going to talk about communication. Right. And you've heard this over and over and over again through many, many podcasts and information online. Communication is key. And we're not joking. It's really the essential part of swinging. Yeah. And and it's not only essential to get into it and survive in it, your communication will actually improve if you go through swinging as well. Things you would never think to talk about with your spouse will absolutely come up and you'll have to talk about it. And if you don't talk about it, well, that's when one of the cons comes in, but we won't get to that yet. So let's let's just break it down a little bit about communication because sure. You know, most people think, oh, okay, I just have to communicate more. I just talk more. Mm, no. Our communication changed to a more compassionate, empathetic, active listening type of communication where we created a very safe space physically, a nice safe space that was neutral, somewhere in our house that wasn't interrupted by the kids, where we could have uninterrupted time to talk about our fears, our concerns, our desires, and the boundaries that we wanted. And so it's it's like your own personal little bubble or date night. Set that time aside. Have this honest communication. Right. And um, when when you're not when you're in that space and you don't have a lot of other distractions, you can really express how, how you feel. And there will be vulnerable moments where you will want to express something and you're 
maybe afraid that your other partner is going to, you know, cringe or or say something and that you don't know if they're going to like, right? So right. that's where the just that safe space and being open and honest and vulnerable. Yeah, and in our last episode where we talked about thinking about swinging, this is kind of key to that, that communication. Because if you're thinking about it and opening up and having that conversation, that's that first piece of communication that you're going to have with your partner. But every single experience that you go through in the lifestyle is going to be a potential moment where you're going to have to have a serious conversation about it. Someone's going to step outside of a rule. Someone's going to make a mistake. Someone's going to get a little too excited. Someone's going to be aroused by something that the partner doesn't know arouses them. There's lots of different things that can come up in an experience, and you're going to have to be comfortable not only talking about it from your perspective, but hearing about it from your partner's perspective. Right. And and giving each other that 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 leeway, that the compassion to 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 mess up because this is uncharted territory. There is no book for this. I mean, there are some books for it, but 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 your book for your life and your experiences from where you come through your lens is going to be completely different. So being okay with messing up and coming back to one another and having that honest com- communication and resetting is going to be really really important for the both of you. And this is something that you're going into together. And so you're going to grow and learn together and you're going to make mistakes together. Right. And that's the whole thing. It's no one's doing this on purpose. Hopefully your partner is not doing things to hurt you on purpose. Ideally. Ideally. (laughs) And if they are, that's a whole different conversation. And swinging is probably not a really safe environment for you to do it in anyway. Exactly. And this will also, this side effect of this communication is going to increase the strength and bond that you have of your relationship. Right. So you have this desire to learn and grow and share experiences. There's a lot of growth and a lot of experience opportunities within the lifestyle. Yes, absolutely. And then, you know, there's sex, right? This is Wait, there's sex? Yeah. <laughs> I mean. Yes, there's sex part of the reason why we get into a lifestyle, but there is actually a lot more than just the sex. When you start swinging with other people, having sexual encounters with other people, whether it's full swap, soft swap, your own sex with your primary partner will improve. Why? Because it it reignites things. It It sparks the interest. You learn new things. And we're going to get into some of that in a second. Techniques. One of the ways that your sex life improves by getting into the lifestyle is by learning. Not only will maybe your partner will experience something that you hadn't tried before or didn't know is possible, you can observe other things in the room. So if you're in a large group play situation, you might look across the room and go, oh, I've never tried that before. Hey, honey, you want to try that? And you'll have some new technique or experience or tip that you'll pick up from somebody. Maybe somebody will make a suggestion that you hadn't thought of. And you'll have this brand new experience. One of the one of the best things about swinging that two people can't do 
are things that three and four and more people can do. You can't get a six-hand massage from your partner. It's not possible. And (laughs) that's just one of the things that two people can't do. There's lots of other things. And use your imagination a little bit, and you can kind of think about all of the crazy possibilities of multiple people in a play situation. And one of the other things that is a positive in a lifestyle is your needs are met in a different way. No one is ever all that to any one person. I know we all think that, you know, it's been ingrained into us. Oh, your partner's the only one for the rest of your life and they can provide all your needs. No, that's a lot of pressure on one person. No one person fits all your needs. It's just a fact. They can't possibly, right? So what happens if one of your partners is bi? Well, you're a male and she's a female and she likes other females. You can't fit that bill. So lifestyle is one of the ways to do that, right? Uh, the other thing is flirting. Ed's a very big flirt. Guilty. And I am was not. I'm getting better at flirting. She's been practicing. <laughs> but in person, he really likes to do that. I I'm a little more reserved. I can turn on the flirt when I need to. My confidence has improved and I am a little better at that. But if you're a big flirt and you get a lot of uh, charge from that, you can do that in the lifestyle. Uh, A lot of people do texting or sexting back and forth. And that fuels that appreciation, right? And you, you, you just kind of feel that just, energy and like, ooh, the stimulation of, of sexting back and forth, right? Yeah. It's that exciting. That sense of being desired by yeah. somebody past your partner or outside of your partner. You, you know, you have to tell your wife that she's hot, right? Like, you just have to. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> but when other people appreciate your wife, she starts to realize that she is still hot. She's still sexy. Oh, yeah. Like, other people want to have sex with your wife. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And or your husband. And so that added stimulus enhances not only your relationship, but a lot of the experiences that you'll have right. in the lifestyle. Right. And it's that that desire, that curiosity, all of those really nice things that basically you just mentioned. Yeah. And th- I think a lot of the things about desire and curiosity, a lot of times you don't realize that you desire something or that you're curious about something until you get a brush with it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Your ability to try out bisexuality, for example, if you're a man or a woman, you don't have that opportunity in a typical heterosexual marriage. And, And you don't even necessarily see it now. Porn and the internet has opened up a lot of that. Right. But until you're close to it, until it's like right there and you're watching it happen next to you, Mm -hmm. you might not realize you're like, oh my God, I never thought of that in that way. And now that I see it and I see how hot that is, maybe I want to try that. Yeah. There's something different about watching it on a screen as this third kind of distant party versus 
being there in real life and watching it, you the sounds are different. You get the the smells, right? The environment, the music, the vibe, you feel the energy. It's just different. And that experience that you may have witnessed on porn could be completely different in real life. And you may want to try that. Yeah. And there's another aspect to this and it, and it kind of goes from the, the online experience to the real life experience. And we've, we talk about this a lot in our podcast about meeting people in person, but the chemistry is entirely different. Yes. Well, the chemistry of watching new sexual experiences in person is completely different than watching it on screen. You're there. It's right there. Mm-hmm. And having that close personal connection to it, talking to somebody, talking to a woman, if you're a, you know a woman, and going, she's really sexy. I never thought a woman was sexy or hot. Looking at her profile picture, I didn't think she was sexy and hot. But right. talking to her in person, right. she's hot. I actually really want to touch her. Right. <laughs> Kiss her. <laughs> All of the above. All of the above. And it's that opportunity that kind of gets presented to you in the lifestyle that really opens up a whole bunch of new thought processes, a whole bunch of opportunities that you hadn't even thought about until they were right there in front of you. I know. It's like your sexual bubble just gets bigger. It just expands. It's almost like you go from your 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 general degree to like almost a master or PH degree. It's like you didn't even think it existed and all of a sudden bam, your whole world is just well, I'll expanded. Pick, I'll pick on a big section of the 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 country. If you if you grew up in the Midwest, you probably haven't tried sushi. Right. And all of a sudden, someone presents raw fish to you, and you're like, oh, that's weird. That's gross. And then you try it, and you're like, ooh, ooh, wow. I mm. kind of like that. Yeah. Same thing with any experience. Until you actually try it, you don't know whether you like it or not. And swinging opens up all of those sexual appetites for those who've been monogamous their whole life or only had one partner at a time. Yeah. The other thing that swinging will do for you that is a big bonus confidence my confidence has improved immensely oh my my body and i am now wearing a v-neck shirt you would never see me wear and and this isn't even a low-cut v-neck shirt but i would never wear this i was all about the turtlenecks i was your what was it not marianne from gilligan's what's the velma how's velma from scooby-doo I don't know. Velma's pretty hot. Which Ed likes. I'm all about There's a certain amount of sexiness with that. (laughs) But your body image improves because the community and the lifestyle is very accepting of body image and shapes. And it just, honestly, there's no stigma there. And you become more comfortable being naked. You, You... are able to kind of just step into your own being and comfort. Uh, I found myself wearing more sexy clothes yeah. and shopping for more sexy clothes. I didn't have anything, so I had to go shopping. Oh, gee. Oh, my gosh. I had to go shopping. Woo-hoo. And I would encourage you to have your partner shop for you because, hands down, I would almost say 10 out of 10 times, 
yes, I will say 10 out of 10 times, the men that shop for their women, spot on. The clothes that they wear, I always ask the woman, who bought that for you? My man. Oh, yeah, he did a good job. Yeah. The men do a great job shopping for their women. Have him get on AliExpress or Amazon or all these other cool sites, which I will share a link with you of all the top shopping sites, um, because you will be pleasantly surprised. Internal sexiness. Let's talk about the internal sexiness. Want an adventure that will give you memories for a lifetime? We've been on three bliss cruises and they were filled with daily sexy activities, great conversations, evening theme parties, and exciting memories. There's something for everyone, no matter where you are in your lifestyle journey. All are welcome. Book your cruise through our link and create your unforgettable experience, moments, and smiles. Visit swingeruniversity.com forward slash vacations and book your trip today. So there's there's something interesting that we've experienced going through the lifestyle, and I think a lot of people will provide this exact same feedback if you talk to them about it, and that is if you go online and you look at profiles and you look at photos of people, most people don't photograph that well. Hmm. Why? You can't see their inner personality. You can't see who they are. You can't. You don't hear their jokes. You don't hear their laughter. You don't hear how they interact with each other. You don't get that flirt by looking at a static profile on a website. You can't. That inner sexiness, that confidence, that sensuality, the flirt that comes out in people when you meet them in person, huge Huge improvement over just looking at profile pictures. That external kind of stereotypical cosmopolitan beauty (sighs) isn't sexy when you meet it in person. It might be. But if that personality doesn't match the outer shell, Mm -hmm. not sexy. Which goes to the whole, well, you know, I don't feel confident in, in who I am. I don't feel confident about my body. The really, really good news is if your personality is really good and you're sexy and you are comfortable in your own shell, mm-hmm. it comes out and people will see it and they'll embrace it and they'll love it. Absolutely. And there's somebody for everybody. There really is. I will say that. There really is. And I know the newbies will say, oh, my God, we haven't found anybody. Blah. I know online, usually you're online. The online stuff is really hard. It's easy. It's quick. It's titillating. It's fun. But what you really need to do is get out there. Get out there and meet people. I see it all the time on the online forums. You have to get out and meet. You have to meet people and connect. And here's what happens. If you're an introvert, like I am, you you keep going to the events. And, and the reason why is because, one, You make your presence known. People continue to see you, increases your chance of people engaging you, and increases your chance of engaging other people. Because if you follow our rule of walking up to at least three people and saying, hi, I'm new. My my name is Phoebe. My partner's name is Ed. Nice to meet you. We're kind of new at this. Blah, blah, blah. And you start the conversation. People are going to be really wonderful about that, right? 
And the environment becomes familiar. And when the environment becomes familiar, you get comfortable. So the more comfortable you get, the more you kind of come out of your shell. And you start to also network with people. And there's all these underground (laughs) swinger house parties and you get on the text lists, right? And people start inviting you because not all everything is posted online in, in the dating forums. So get out there and socialize. That's my little bit on that. Yeah. And, and I'll add on to that too. Uh, we were recently talking to someone and talking about going to a club versus trying to meet people online. And the long and short of it is meeting people in person, especially at a club where you have a target-rich environment. It doesn't mean you're going to hook up with everybody. But what it means is if the first person that you went to meet doesn't work out, mm-hmm. there are other people in the club that you can go talk to. And the person that you end up hooking up with or m- connecting with may not be the person that you set out to connect with. We've had that happen a bunch of different times where, surprise, this couple came out of nowhere. You didn't you didn't expect to like them. You didn't expect to connect with them. But having a little bit of a flirty conversation, everything just lined up. And it was an amazing experience. If nothing happens at the club or the house party, you always have one another, right? Absolutely. And so there have been many times where we walk into the house party, I make an assessment of the room and I go, nope, nothing's going to happen here tonight. But that's okay. Why? Because... I got dressed up, got the babysitter, got myself there, paid the fee. And you know what? We're there to socialize and network, watch sexy interactions. And because Ed and I are exhibitionists, that fulfills that need. So we would get to play with one another. Oh, my gosh, twist my arm and be watched. How hot is that? Right now, if you're not an exhibitionist, you still get other things that you get to do. Right. You get to network and you get to see sexy stuff. And learn cool new things. And another side benefit, even if you don't find another couple at a house party or a club where there's a play space, you got a babysitter, you got a room that you can have sex, you can have as much loud sex as you want and (laughs) nobody's going to come knocking on the door and going, is mommy okay? Exactly. Mommy's fine. Go away. That was a huge benefit when the teenagers were in the house because... You had, we had to be quiet. And at a, at a party, you don't have to be quiet. You can be as loud as you want to be. Exactly. Oh, my goodness. The other pro, there are so many pros. You take control of your own pleasure for, gosh, I don't know how many experiences. I don't know if it was years or whatever. I started a question, gosh, you know, why are we still doing this? You know, the experiences are kind of, right? Then I started, Some somehow it dawned on me, ding, why don't I just ask this person for what I want? Why don't I just say, hey, little to the left, little to the right, up, down, fast, slow, right? Right. I'm, I'm just as much in charge of my own pleasure as they are, right? And men love instructions. It doesn't have to be a lot of instruction. It'd be really simple. You can tell me to do whatever <laughs> you want to your body order me around, direct me, point me in the right direction, tell me which spot to lick or suckle, I'm all over it. Right? So 
when you start to get that confidence, you start to ask for what you want, and then your experiences become more pleasurable. It's a win-win. One of the most amazing aspects, and Phoebe kind of touched on this early on, and that is you come for the sex, but you leave for the community. What most people don't realize is swingers are some of the nicest people you will meet ever. It's almost like you you leave with the community. Yeah, exactly. You're going to find that, one, they're very inviting. They're very open-minded. Two, they love meeting new people. They're all about having new friends and new experiences. So they're really open and inviting. And lastly, they're not judgmental. Mm -mm. And that's one of the best things about the swinger community. And that is they don't judge you for your kinks, for the things that turn you on. They are happy to hear about these cool new experiences that people are having. And they're not going to judge you for it. They're open-minded. They want everybody to have a good time. I know. And that reminds me of this one experience I had at one of these house parties where this man was very excited to share with me their kink. And their kink is blood play. Right. And I didn't know what that was. I didn't understand it. And so I said, ooh, you know, I I, want to know about this. Well, tell me about this. What is this? And he showed me a series of pictures, which I, I can't go into description but you can you can look it up you can google it you can you google really it want to. and through a series of, of 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 piercings or or with with needles him and his partner experience a lot of pleasure through pain right and so they they don't do it very often because obviously there's a healing process in it but he was showing me these photos and i was fascinated I had no idea this kink existed. And the kinks are some of the things that you may encounter in the swinging world. The BDSM world doesn't cross over with the swinging world very often. But when it does, be open to it because you never know if you're going to be interested in it. And it's a completely different world. And it's very interesting what turns people on. And I love that. As a sociologist, I'm just like so like into that. Like, what do people like? And done some, you know, schooling in psychology too. Like, I always want to know what is that? What is it that turns you on? So it's fun, it's fascinating, and it's and people are willing to share without judgment what they're into. And it kind of goes back to that that experience where you're going to be exposed to things that you weren't going to be exposed in your tiny bubble of just you and your partner. Right. You're going to brush against all of these different kinks and fantasies and sexual proclivities that people have (laughs) that you never would have thought of. And you go, huh, never even thought of. I didn't even know that was a thing. Oh, my gosh. There are so, so many of those. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we have some friends in Virginia and they were telling us crazy stories about the kink community and the crazy things that go on there. And it's fascinating. You might be into it and you didn't even know. Exactly. Exactly. All right. 
All right, we're going to come down a little bit. We're going to come down to the cons. The cons. We would be remiss if we just gave you the... The, the glossy... Yeah. Some of the cons are you're going to have bad sex. It's guaranteed. Guaranteed. Guaranteed you will have bad sex. Yeah. Not all the time, not every time, but guaranteed it's going to happen. Your partner knows all of your buttons. Hopefully, your partner knows all of your buttons and knows how to press those buttons in just the right combination to make all of the sparks happen. Yes. Your new partner won't know where any of your buttons are. We'll just call it that. We'll go worst case scenario. Yeah. (laughs) Good news is you can tell them where your buttons are and you can communicate with them, but you're going to have to learn to be verbal. Right. The other, the other con, or it could be a pro. It depends on how you look at it. Are hallucinogens or drugs in the lifestyle? Some people do need those to feel comfortable in the lifestyle. It helps them relax. It helps other stresses or anxieties. And, and, and they may be drugs that they use on a regular basis, right? And honestly, we're not actually really talking about that. We're talking about drugs and drinking in excess to the point where you cannot interact with that individual in order to have a good time. For example, the beginning of the evening, they were very attractive. You had a great conversation. They were really sexy. You were flirting. But as the evening progressed... The drugs kicked in or the alcohol kicked in and all of a sudden they weren't as aware and you weren't really sure if they could offer sound consent, right? So you didn't feel safe having sex with them because you weren't really sure if they knew what they were saying. And so that can be frustrating because you're like, yes, there's this couple, they're super, uh," and then an hour later you're like, oh man, they're out. And a lot of times this happens because couples are nervous about being in the lifestyle and having this kind of new experience and they are trying to kind of get their game on. Yeah. And the problem can be that they pregame a little too hard (laughs) and then things are not hard later or not sociable later. Right. It does happen. Hey there, podcast listeners. You've been tuning into our episodes, but have you ever wondered about the steamy details of our adventures or maybe hungry for some sultry, erotic stories? Well, guess what? We've got something special just for you. Our exclusive Patreon page. It's like a VIP pass to the saucier side of our world. So if you're ready for an exclusive behind-the-mic experience, head over to our Patreon page now. Trust us, this is where the magic happens. See you there, patrons. The other thing is uh, flaky people. You've made a date to, to, to show up at a, at a dinner or a drink date or even at a party. You went specifically to, to that party to meet them. Yes, we have had that experience. A lot of times. And they just never show up. And you're like, oh, gosh. 
And kind of in the broader category of flaky people, you have to think about this from a pragmatic sense, and that is you're dating again. So uh, you have your primary partner, but you're going back into the dating world. And we all know, we've all heard about it. You all have a single friend or a girlfriend or a boy, that a guy that you know that's dating again. And they will tell you how hard it is dating. Hmm. Well, yeah. you're kind of getting back into the dating world. It's just different dating. Right. You're also dealing with the fluidity of the lifestyle and random experiences. So very two very different things. Fluidity in the sense where you've read someone's profile, they said they're bi and they're into XYZ. They're full swap. So let's say they're the, the woman's bi and um, they're into full swap. Well, you meet them at the party and things have changed. She thought she was bi at the time when they created the profile, and now no longer she is. And they don't do full swap anymore. Now they're a hot wife couple. They just didn't update their profile, right? So you got to be prepared for that fluidity. Things change as you have more experiences, and you figure out what's right for you, and you figure out what's right for your partner. And... So that's why meeting in person is so important. So you can have these conversations right there. And even on a given night where every other night that week you were feeling particularly sexy, you were very into it <laughs> on any particular night, you might not feel in the mood. Yeah. And so sexuality is very fluid. And it changes from moment to moment or interaction to interaction. Someone may have said something to them at the party that set them off. Yep. And they're just not into it that night. Right. And and that happens. And that's okay. You have to be comfortable with that, which kind of gets into the whole randomness of it. And it's hit and miss, mm -hmm. not only because of the sexuality, but because of the night or the music or the DJ or the weather. Yep. Everything is up in the air. You're dealing with a whole bunch of different people. It's not you going on a single date, a one-on-one -on -one date, where the situation is a little bit more controlled. You're dealing with a large group of people, and group dynamics are very random. You yeah. never know how it's going to work out. Right. Okay, now, on top of all that, you've got some emotional challenges, right? <laughs> something happened about the day, right? You got some baggage from the day. Maybe you had an argument with your, your significant other on the way over. <laughs> maybe, maybe something cropped up, you know, at the party. You saw something that triggered you or right. your, your, your primary partner did something in the heat of the moment that maybe busted a rule or a boundary and they didn't mean to, right? So now you've got some emotional challenges to deal with. So that does happen. It's not necessarily a con. I mean, it is, a, there's always an opportunity for learning, growth, and, and, and moving past that, right? So, but it, you know, it may not be the expected evening that you had planned or envisioned, but it happens and that's part of it. So you have to be able to accept that and, Roll with it. Roll with it. 
emotionally, you can also have things that were deep seated that you didn't realize were there. And mm. these experiences can bring those up. Something that a previous relationship had brought out. Mm. Watching experiences, seeing things happen, having something happen in a play experience can bring those emotions out. Those past experiences can come out. So you have to be prepared for those challenges. I had that happen a s several times, just watching other couple dynamics. And I was like, ooh, that triggered things for me. And I was like, oh my gosh. Right. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. You just don't know. I didn't expect it. I didn't know. Yeah. Being outed. Oh my goodness. Now, now this one's an interesting one. And I think when we recorded this the first time, Versus now, where we're re-recording this, it's interesting because I almost feel like the environment has changed a little bit. Oh, yes. But I will say, there is, an, there is a possibility that you might see someone or someone might run across your profile and expose you as being a swinger. It is a possibility. So if you have a high profile job or you have a job where it has an yep. ethics clause, you may consider modifying how you expose yourself within the community. So don't show your face. Don't wear clothing that's recognizable. If you wear like a specific coat or a jacket or a fancy evening dress that <laughs> is easily identifiable, you might consider not posting those kinds of pictures, something that's flattering yet not specifically identifiable will exactly. help you with that exactly we've had really good luck with that but we've also not had positions or jobs where it was that important that we become completely anonymous mm -hmm. if you do have a position like that for example you're a school teacher or you you're a ceo of a major corporation a senator or we work in government. There's a lot of government jobs where we live. So a judge. Yeah. <laughs> Law enforcement. Wow. There's lots of opportunity to be exposed. Now, kind of on a positive side, we've met a lot of people in the lifestyle, and the lifestyle people that we meet are not out to expose you. Yeah. We're all in the same club. Yeah. It's the weird people from outside that maybe had a bad experience or maybe they're angry about something that want to expose you. So kind of within the community, we've had really good luck and very few experiences where people were outed. Now we know other podcasters who've been outed in their community and it was bad for them. So your mileage will vary, but it is a possibility, but there are things that you can do to kind of protect your identity. And we've got episodes about that as well. So if, you want to find out how to re remain anonymous a little bit, we've got some tips for that. Exactly. Now, a lot of people bring up issues between other couples, the drama, right? And I, I really don't like that word drama. Everyone uses it like it's negative. And, and really all drama is, is a conflict. And, and a conflict is really just a disagreement between two minds, right? But it's also an opportunity to learn and, and figure out where you 
where you are with that perspective, right? One person has one perspective through their lens. The other person has a different perspective through their lens. And you just have to meet somewhere in the middle. Sometimes that happens at a party. Sometimes it's not the most opportune time or place because why maybe some other factors are in play like they've had a little much too little bit too much to drink and it's in front of everybody okay yeah it's not optimal but you know it doesn't happen all the time and i i it it's not so much prevalent now as it was about 10 years ago but people really didn't like this whole I don't want to, you know, they would always say, I don't want to play with them because they've got drama. Well, you know, they're working through their stuff. You know, they, they're they figuring it out. It doesn't necessarily mean they're bad people. In fact, we have some really good friends right now that we're, we're, we're great friends with him. We're great friends with her. And honestly, <laughs> they've broken up five times since we've known them. And we still love them both. We don't pick sides. We wish the best for them. They're just trying to figure their stuff out. Right. You know, we we offer advice when they ask for it, never unsolicited. And they're wonderful people. But we all have lives and we all kind of just stumble through it and we figure it out as we go. So that's my little bit. Now, there are couples who have maybe not figured things out very well. Maybe she's into it and he's not, or vice versa, where he's into it and she's not. And that can be a little tricky. And that will happen on occasion. Yeah. But we don't run into that an awful lot. No, we don't. But we do run into that where where it almost feels like she's been (laughs) drugged and brought to the party. We've seen that recently on a few posts on a few forums. If... You or your partner are not into it. This isn't something that you can coerce them into it. You can't nope. browbeat them to become <laughs> swingers. It doesn't work that way. No. And they probably have really good reasons why they don't want to do it. Yeah. They either feel that it will jeopardize the relationship, which you should be supportive of, them not wanting to blow up the relationship, or... They've got some deep-seated thing that they have to work through on their own. So it's not a good time. And right. you're not going to have a very good experience, especially if you're strong-arming them into something that they're not comfortable with. The last con, which is extremely rare, <laughs> these were some good friends of ours that are no longer in the lifestyle. And we wish they were. we were still in touch with them because we... we desperately love them and love their company but because they went in hot to the lifestyle and just they burned out quick and now they're out and they don't even want to associate with anyone swinger and it's so sad but they had an incident where they brought someone back to a hotel room i don't i don't think they knew them very well and they may have picked them up at the bar as was their style and they, their stuff was stolen. So while they were getting busy, the other partner or partners, there were multiple people in the room, went through the pant pocket and the purse and stole their their credit card, their, their driver's license, their phone. Like, for real, it was not cool. And it, I've never, ever heard of that except for their experience. Right. But, but they were, they were, 
they're a little crazy. They were a little on the, our friends. They're a little on the fringe with like getting out there and vanilla hunting. Br- yeah. Just bringing random people. So these were, these were not your typical swingers. They were just vanilla people that they had were, you know, dragging back to the hotel room to have a good time. Bless their hearts. But uh, yeah. So something to, you know, consider, but very, very rare. I think those are all the cons. But, you know, overall, as you can tell from our examples, we really enjoy this lifestyle, this hobby, if you want to call it a hobby. Um, And, you know, the cons really aren't that bad. And depending on your circumstances, there may only be a few downsides. So we encourage you to explore and experiment. But, you know, make sure you're safe and aware. And if you have questions, feel free to reach out to us. We're happy to answer any of those questions. Hey, have you heard? SDC is more than just a dating site. They have expert contributors and educators like us and from all around the world to guide you in everything from how to talk to your partner about swinging and the different kinds of open relationships. You can also find out what you need to know before opening up your relationship, common swinger conflicts, and how to resolve them. Have you ever wanted to know what a swingers club is like? How to meet other swingers? Find a unicorn? Be a hot wife? Well, you can find all that information as well and much, much more. Check out SDC by clicking the link in the show notes and get your free seven-day membership.